What's good, Wizards fans? Welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast, presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Today, we chop it up with Hall of Famer Rod Thorne, a man who spent over five decades in the league serving as a player, a coach, scout, league executive, team executive, you name it, Rod has done it all. Recently, the Wizards honored some Hall of Famers, both from the Baltimore Bullets, Wizards Days, and also people in our community that have made a massive impact on the game of basketball. Rod is serving as a special counsel to Wizards President of Basketball Operations, Tommy Shepard, so he gives us his take on this year's team as well. All right, sit back and relax as I talk to Hall of Famer Rod Thorne on the latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast. Wizards fans, we're partnering with Clear to make your game day a great day. With the free Clear app, not only can you use HealthPass to easily show proof of vaccination, but you can also use the app to enter the arena faster through the Clear lanes. Get started today by downloading the free Clear app, tapping the black Sports and Events button on the home screen, and selecting Washington Wizards. Then, head to the Clear lanes located at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the clear pod to confirm that you are you and walk right in. No crowds, no hassle. Download the free clear app today to get started. Rod, it is always good to catch up with you. I know you got some good stories for us per usual, but I want to talk about the Hall of Fame night, the dinner, and just some of the alumni that are coming back. What was that like? It was terrific, Chris. Uh, You could tell that you know, all of the uh, ex-players had a great camaraderie. Uh, there was a lot of uh, frivolity in the room and a lot of <laughs> stories being told, uh, embellished, mm-hmm. I might add. But uh, it, it was really a nice thing. And uh, I know uh, uh, that everybody that attended really enjoyed it. It has been a terrific celebration all year long by the league of celebrating 75 years and right. 75 players. and. You have had a huge part in this league. You got into the league what year? Uh, As a player, 1963. So let's go from 1963 to where we are now. Where would you say the biggest growth of the NBA has come? Oh, my goodness. I I think the acceptance of uh, NBA players uh, as stars. uh, You know, when I first came in the league, we stayed in motels. uh, You know, we traveled, coach and all those big guys, you know, in those days. Uh, uh, if you, uh, if I could have speculated at that time where the NBA would be today, I wouldn't, could never have done it. You know, we were, we were almost like a niche-type league, you know, at that time. And now, you know, the NBA is bigger and better every year. And uh, it's just, it's amazing to me. You have wore many hats in the league from player right. to one of the top executives in the league from a globalization standpoint I know David God rest his soul David Stern has a lot to do with really opening the game internationally but as a player when you were playing did you ever foresee going over to China being in international markets where the game has just blossomed so much as it has you know Chris uh, not at all uh, ne- never even thought in those terms uh, Toward the end of my career, uh, the ABA came into existence in this country, and I had a chance uh, to go, uh, you know, to a team there, but didn't really consider it because, hey, you know, is this league going to make it? Uh, Much less 
overseas and to uh, again, uh, you know, when you look back on the time that the Olympics, pros started playing in the Olympics, 1992, uh, the, U the United States and Russia, who were the two big basketball countries at that time, voted against it right. initially. And then sort of reluctantly the U.S. came into it and it was it was it started this incredible growth we have where over 100 players now are foreign born mm -hmm. you know in our league so uh uh but back in the time i played you didn't even think about things like that we go back to the dinner and i'm really curious about you said there was a little bit of embellishment <laughs> you know the <laughs> From my understanding, sometimes as far as you get away from the game, the stories get a little bigger, the stats get a little better. Like, give me an instance of where something like that happened, where you just look back and you go, I played against you. I don't remember those stats. You know, uh, I didn't really have any of those. I went along with the embellishment, probably was one of the guys that m most embellished. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, most of, uh, most of all of the players were in great shape. Yeah. You know, so some of them looked like they could still play, uh, uh, and you know, the, the there was just a lot of laughter, a lot of frivolity, and and uh, you know, everybody just uh, you know, as as I think ex athletes do, everybody just you know fell sort of into place and just had a really good time. All right, so there's always a pecking order. Right. Like there's one guy that walks into the room and everybody goes, "Oh, there he is." Yeah. First of all, let me ask you this: Was Dandridge there? Uh, Bobby was not there because, as you know, if Dandridge walks in, uh, things was, get business picks up a little bit. It, business definitely picks up with uh, with Bobby. Uh, Bobby, great talker, yeah, and it was a terrific player. As an advisor of this team right now, and, and really helping Tommy kind of navigate the waters. What has this year kind of been like for you in terms of your role and kind of just helping Tommy in the front office? Well, that 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 that's my role was to uh, you know anything that uh, that Tommy would like for me to do, I try to do. Uh, uh, Tommy obviously is the the oar then that that makes the boat go, and uh, I think Tommy's done a terrific job uh, uh, here. Uh, I think some of the trades that. You know that have been that have been made, uh, starting with Westbrook last year, uh, who played so well for us in the last month of the season and got us in the playoffs. And uh, now the the trade made this year for Porzingis. Uh, you know Porzingis has got a chance to be a very good player, and in in, uh, in an area that we needed help. So uh, my my role is a uh, minuscule, uh, Chris, to, to be truthful, uh, 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 Tommy and. And his uh, cohorts, uh, you know, are the are the ones doing the yeoman work and and, and getting it done on a day to day basis. You're talking about Porzingis, and again, we were talking about kind of the globalization of the game. And you know, the Wizards. I joke with Tommy is like San Antonio Spurs East. There's so many international players, but. <laughs> One thing Tommy always talks about, Rod, he says, hey, we don't check passports around here. If you can hoop, you can hoop. <laughs> you know, Chris, that that's true. Uh, you know, there was a time that, uh, you know, foreign players were sort of looked on askance in that, you know, is he going to be tough enough? He's not, He hadn't played against the competition. Now, you know, the top leagues in Europe are just a little below the NBA and, uh 
Uh, you get players from everywhere. I mean, Joel Embiid that might be the MVP this year is from Cameroon. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jokic from Serbia. So who was in? And then uh, Antetokounmpo, who was uh, so probably the last four MVPs in this league are foreign players. So they come from anywhere. All right. So it is April. We are in Final Four, the window of the Final Four. Um, I am from the great state of North Carolina. I have been a diehard Tar Heel fan my whole life. The Tar Heels have won two national championships down in New Orleans. Go back to 1982. There was a kid by the name of Mike Jordan back then, hit a corner shot against Georgetown. You had a little something to do with MJ ending up going to Chicago. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this. It's obvious we saw that shot propelled him to who he became. But when did you first lay eyes on MJ? Do you remember the first time you saw him, and what was your scout on him? Uh, the first game he played, uh, when he played with, uh, with Carolina, was my first time in college. The first time I saw him play uh, was in the McDonald's All-American game in D.C., not in this arena. But in Richfield, okay, if uh, or not Richfield, that's Ohio. But the, but where the uh, the Bullets played before, gotcha. Uh, and now the Wizards. I uh, saw him play in that game. Patrick Ewing played also in that game, and you know Michael was pretty good in that game too. But where I really got to um, feel very confident that Jordan was going to be a real good player came when at the end of each year. Uh, Dean Smith was nice enough to allow myself to come to North Carolina and watch tape of the ACC, Carolina and ACC. So when I did, the year Michael was, was going to come out, uh, then I would go talk to uh, Coach. And, and, and Coach Smith, I'll never forget, said, I would never say it publicly uh, because that's not the Carolina way, as you know. but. You know, Jordan is going to be a great, great pro. And I guarantee you that. And he was very prescient because Michael became, you know, obviously one of the two or three best players, if not the best ever. It's interesting because as the story goes, and obviously watching him all the way through college, is there was only one person that could stop Michael Jordan from scoring. <laughs> and it was Dean Indeed. Smith. <laughs> well, you know, and, and Carolina has always been – you know, it's always about the team. You know, they don't put one individual over another. That that's the way they've you know they they've always done it there, and uh, they get their players to buy into it, and it it's worked very very well. Rod, one guy that was playing in that era, that it's it's probably the biggest what if in this community in this community, is Lynn Bias. Right. What do you remember about his game, and and maybe more importantly. Would his game translate in today's NBA? Lynn Bias definitely would translate in, in today's game. Lynn was an incredible athlete, number one. Number two, he had skills of, you know, over and above his athleticism. He could shoot the ball. He could drive the ball. He had a great body, NBA-type body. Lynn Bias would have been a superstar NBA player, no doubt in my mind about it. Is there anybody that plays today that you go, hmm, he kind of reminds me of how Lenny played? Being 6'8", yeah, no. athletic, long uh, wingspan, could guard multiples. You know, I wouldn't uh, 
I can't think of anyone. I mean, he was he he had a whole package. It was a little bit like maybe Dominique Wilkins, you know, in okay. Dominique's time, and that just he would do things that were wow. <laughs> How did I do that? Uh, type guy, wow type, uh, you know, type player. Uh, not as big as LeBron, uh, but a, you know, a similar type uh, skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of one that would, you know, would be exactly like him. Um, you know, Giannis is bigger. Uh, Durant is a different type player, but he was of that ilk. Yeah. You know, the super players. I'll finish with this since we're getting ready for the playoffs. You've probably caught a few games this year. Yeah. Well, you got in the finals. Who's winning it, Rod? Come on, putting you on the spot. I think whoever wins the East will win it. And I say that Phoenix has hands down been the best team during the regular season. And with Chris Paul healthy, uh, they're going to be a tough, tough out. But I think the East has gotten so much better and particularly at that level, that you've got four, three or four or five, maybe even five teams that might win the East. I think who wins the East is going to win it. Your time is always appreciated. I always feel smarter when I'm around the legendary (laughs) Rod Thorne. Rod, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Enjoyed it.